Hey everyone, this is Marissa Phillips from Y'all Heard, and um... Hey everybody, rate us on iTunes, five stars is a charm, and why not leave us a voicemail, 570-POD-WOD-1, doesn't matter what you say in your voicemail, we promise we'll appreciate it, we don't get many, thank you. Podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Uh, <laughs> basically, this week, I'm just telling you some dumb shit other people are talking about. <laughs> In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. I, Pete, felt, I felt the disappointment in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm doing okay. The week's been yeah. like, I don't know. It seems like everybody that you know is going through drama of some sort. So I've tried to take it as easy as possible. On Saturday, I sat it on my porch and I took this souped up television that I have and put it outside with me and just kind of hung out. What's a souped up television? Glad you asked, Marissa. So I have an old TV. Okay. <laughs> and basically I bought a, an adapter so that I could put my Roku into it. And then when I did that, the speakers didn't work, so then I bought a sound bar, and I Velcroed it to the old TV, and now I have, like, a Frankenstein TV. Okay. But, like, it was 30 bucks worth of stuff, and the TV, I think, is from, like, the first apartment that I had. Wow. And how old are you now? Like, 150. Cool. So that's a long time. A very long time. <laughs> a lot of people don't know, but I got my first apartment when I was 100. And so, you know, but 50, 50 years is still good. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, excuse me. He's what you call a late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. Apartment-wise, not like sexually or like <laughs> In emotionally. every way possible. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it seems like we're going to be both making a bunch of bodily noises because right when, right when you called, I was like, ooh, getting ready to talk. I took a deep breath and <laughs> now I'm just coughing a lot. <laughs> And you should yawn as much as you want. Okay, I'll do my best. How about you, Marissa? How's your week going? Um, Amazing. It's actually been going good, except, I mean, outside of work. Inside of work. Um, I watched the basketball game yesterday. That was riveting. That sounded sarcastic. That was outside of work. Yeah. 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 That was fun. (laughs) Uh, I had something interesting to say, and then I lost it. Nope. Marissa's talking about Game 4 of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Game 4 of the finals, excuse me, which was riveting. Yeah. And very stressful for me, who's rooting for the Raptors. I was rooting for the Raptors, but, like, their shooting was so shitty. Is it always? No. Okay, I was like, you're good at taking the ball away and then doing nothing with it. Yeah. And it seems like once in a the while Warriors- they have... Like what? a really off game, yeah. Okay, and the Warriors were like fantastic at shooting, but sucked at keeping the ball. I was like, you both deserve to lose. <laughs> it is. So. It's interesting because, a little bit at least, because uh, they've been playing basketball for so long now, like in the year, 
part of me is like, I mean, I get it. You're a little tired. <laughs> but the other part is like, this is the freaking finals. <laughs> you guys are supposed to be like, the best. This is what you signed up for, okay? What you signed up for, bitch. So I'm an icebreaker note because I don't know what else happened in my week. Who cares? I ate so much chicken. There's... <laughs> I ate so much chicken. I don't even remember my week. I don't remember the last time I cooked, but um, this this dude I know <laughs> periodically is like, you want to come eat chicken? And I very specifically try not to compliment people I'm dating because I don't want them <laughs> You want to keep them under your thumb. But the chicken is so good. Like, I get so excited when, like, you want to eat chicken. I just, like, and I keep eating it till like, my stomach hurts. But I just want the taste to exist in my mouth forever. Well, for somebody who can't have sugar or gluten, I think that's fine. Yeah, I have actually, like, never mind. I had a different icebreaker, but now I'm just going to let that lead into our icebreaker. Tell me, you could name multiple, you don't have to pick one. Just tell me some foods in your life that, oh, not foods I like, but that, like, legitimately bring you joy. Or am I the only person who has these emotions? You know, you're not. But, like, I don't know, like, super specifically. It usually is, like, a craving of some kind for me. Uh, Like, the last thing that I had where I was like, yes, this is the way taste is supposed to be. Oh, was right. It was just pizza from Genuzzi's, <laughs> but they have like oh. a sweet sauce and a soft crust, and it's just like, yes, that's good. Yeah. But I mean, I also made these blueberry muffins the other day, and they're like, wow, these are just great. But usually, what happens to me when it's something that I've made myself is that I can never reproduce that magic of the first night together. <laughs> Ew, you're gross. <laughs> Mine is never something I make. Even if it's good, I've, I've liked things I make, but if it comes from my own hands, it's like, I might as well throw it out a window. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she used to do on Sakura Eats. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, she would make something, take a bite, and then throw it out the window. Yep, every time. Show That's over. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no, like, recurring thing that you're like, every time I eat this, it brings me joy? Um, I don't know if joy is the right word. Oh, God, I was going to go with security. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. But uh, as long as I don't go nuts, Reese's sticks. Okay. I bite into it. I'm like, yes, this is like, not literally, of course, but. (laughs) He nuts when he eats a Reese's stick. I've watched it happen. But I'm like, yes, this is like being back you know, goofing off with Marissa on the radio, like, everything is fine in the world, and we're not thinking of anything grown up yet. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I could see that. I can also envision you eating Reese's sticks very easily. Yeah, because she could see it in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Marissa? Chicken? Uh, Not just any chicken. I was going to say, is he he flavoring the chicken in a certain way? What flair is on it? lemon pepper chicken it's really lemony right. uh so but they're like chicken wings i want a f- big piece of thing i like a chicken wing i would say <laughs> those specific chicken wings you big chickens <laughs> but also the grocery store by my parents house is these really good barbecue chicken wings like a good saucy 
Mm. Crispy chicken wing. Uh, the gluten-free crepe place by my house in Chinatown makes a BLT crepe. So it's thick cut pieces of bacon with a bunch of vegetables and some aioli. I fucking want a nut every time I eat that. <laughs> Guys. Marissa's tired today, so she might say nut like 10 more times. <laughs> I'm really tired. And uh, homemade Dorito tacos. I don't mean you make the Dorito just yourself. I mean, I don't like Taco Bell Dorito tacos that much, but I like like Old El Paso or whatever makes their own like knockoff oh, Dorito okay, shell. Okay. And I thought you were crunching time... up nachos and making them into a shell. <laughs> no, no. And anytime someone's like, but, I mean, I don't, I'm not making them. Then it sounds like, want to come over for Dorito tacos? I'm like, cancel all my plans. <laughs> it's on. And um, a low, a low key kind of joy. I would say not as those three, without a doubt. It's like, F- yeah, it's on. But lately, I've been eating these diet ice cream bars, and oh, I haven't had. Yeah. Yeah, and they make me pretty happy. Guys, I can't eat a lot of good things. Those all sounded good. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of. Taking joy where you can get it. Okay. Every generation has a different way of looking at the world. I'm going to talk about some of the ways we define recent generations of past, current, and not future, but... (laughs) Generations of the future. I won't say... This relates slightly to the piece topic, assuming that he didn't change it. Nope. Mostly why I wanted to do this is because... I know some people, I won't name names or say who they are in my life, who are in their early 20s, who act a fool. And my mother's always like, you millennials. And I'm like, we're not the same. And I was like, there's no way millennial spans that much. Like a 19-year-old and me are in the same place. And I was like, but maybe I'm just wishfully thinking. And then I looked it up and it's true. A 19-year-old is not a millennial. Right. So, I mean, fine. Millennials are, are, are making avocados boom. And, but, like, and millennial is such a stupid name for a generation that I think is. it makes a lot of sense to keep using it as a derogatory yes, term. Absolutely. <laughs> for young people. But I, I just want everyone to know that, like, everyone's like, oh, the millennials. I, I am one. But I'm stupid to a point. I'm not as stupid as, like, teenagers. <laughs> Teenagers are not millennials. I've learned something over the years. Yeah. And and instead of just focusing on millennials, I'm going to take some time to examine Gen X, millennials, also known as Gen Y to nobody, and Gen Z. Gen Z. You are a millennial, correct? I think so. I think I'm on the cusp. So, oh my God. I'm a millennial with a moon in Gen (laughs) X. (laughs) So many people, there is no, like, concrete readily accepted span of years across the internet, but they are fairly consistent. Generation X, my brother is Generation X. He's right. 11 years older than me. Oh, but I think my sister is, but she's only four years older than me. So Generation X is supposed to be when you were born between 1965 and 1980. Does that seem appropriate? Yes. Okay. Some examples of Gen Xers are Jennifer Lopez... And wait, is this true? I gotta, what? He's not, he can't be that young. Give me a second, I'm sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. Harrison Ford? Weirdly, this person tries to pretend Barack Obama, but they are incorrect. Hmm. No, so ignore that. Barack Obama is not Generation X. 
He's like 57. Yeah, but he's super cool. Yeah, but apparently... He wears leather jackets now. He's a 10x it. Uh, Millennials, again, some people kind of don't see eye to eye on this, but debatably it's between... Some people say it's between 1981 and 1996 when you were born, but some people say... It's between 1981 to, like, the mid-2000s. Now, if you don't mind, can you scroll up a bit in your notes and tell me, what was it, 64 to 80? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot more years than 81 to 96. That's the thing. I don't... It, okay. The generations keep getting shorter and shorter, but for some reason we keep living longer and longer. Okay, and uh, Generation Z is, again, debatably, people will either say it's like 1990, or people will generally say it's like 1995 to 2015. So obviously the people who say that millennials go to like mid-2000s, it doesn't make sense. But for the sake of this, because I've decided to like have one source, you know, be it, we're going to go with Gen X is 1965 to 1979. Millennials are 1980 to 1994, and Gen Z is 1995 to 2015. So let me make that easy, because I don't know math. Gen Zers, the oldest Gen Zer would be a 23. Got it. And by this, the oldest millennial would be a 38-year-old, and the oldest Generation X would be a 53-year-old. So people don't really go around self-identifying, obviously. I don't need to tell you that. But this comes in handy generally because I think I know people who identify... Now, listen, nobody's ever come out and said this to me, but I get this feeling that I know some white people who identify as millennials so that they can be defensive. Okay, that's gross. Like, you don't belong to any actually oppressed group. So, like, you just go, stop picking on millennials. You know, I'm a millennial. Ew, okay. Anyway. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah, people don't really identify them, but, like, people like to dub each generation, like, with their own certain name and group them. So, mostly for, like, you know, marketing purposes and, like, reporting purposes and things like that. So, Gen X, before us, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what has influenced them and what their values are. I'm going to do Gen X and Millennials together because I feel like that's what you and me kind of know. Like, we... Like you said, our siblings are Gen Xers, and we live that millennial life. And then at the end, we'll talk about what we can look forward to having to deal with. Yay. So Gen Xers were greatly influenced, by greatly influenced, meaning it's at least something they remember. I don't know any Gen Xer that, like, their life, like, values came from having to live through the Watergate scandal. (laughs) No. Uh, Y2K, though I would say that also had a big... uh, impact on my life and uh an increased divorce rate is apparently a a rather significant thing that was happening in gen x they were also considered latchkey kids so that's like fathers checking all the boxes for me (laughs) father and mother's both working so a lot of like you know time having to take care of themselves uh at points in the day um a lot of political lies during their time which is all the time uh and they're seen as the first generation that will not do as well financially as their parents did i don't know Uh, i don't know uh and generally 
Oh, and their perceptions are shaped by growing up and having to take care of themselves pretty early. Um, also, they might be called the, quote, MTV generation. Gen Xers are known to value f- fun. Really. <laughs> <laughs> They're rather independent. They value diversity. I don't know that that's, that that's a thing. And generally a, a well-educated group of people and rather entrepreneurial. They have high job expectations. And some of their attributes include adaptable, <laughs> angry, but don't know why. I like that. Yep. Yeah, that makes Anti-establishment sense. Anti-establishment mentality. What? Big uh, <laughs> I forgot to put commas. <laughs> and I can't tell which words go with what words. <laughs> Can change, crave, independent. <laughs> rather <laughs> ethical and rather flexible. So moving on to millennials. I, I know this just says, like, I'm just listing stuff. But just think, like, do you feel like the people in your life that supplies to them? Does, do you feel like this speaks to you or no? Oh, also, I would say Gen Xers were known to watch an average of 165 hours of television a month. And they're pretty brand loyal. And they're known to carry a lot of debt. I don't know if I agree with that. Anyway, so millennials, what me and Pete are. 94% of millennials still watch TV. But increasingly, most of us are cutting the cord and opting for streaming options. And while mobile is big with us, uh, 32% of us still use computers for our purchases. And with banking habits, we all want digital tools to make managing our debt easier because we are conquering our staggering student debt. And many of us are beginning to save for weddings and homes. Doesn't it, doesn't it seem odd that you and I both have siblings that are considered from a previous generation? How are we defining generation here? Because it's not like we were raised by our siblings, because then this would make sense. I'm afraid of debt because I saw how it impacted my parent, who was, you know, a Gen Xer or something like that. <laughs> well, you could say, well, no, no, no. I will, I will talk a little bit about parents. Okay. Okay. Some of the shaping events are we witnessed a recession, 9-11, and the explosion of internet and social media. So we, oh, and of course, terrorist attacks and school shootings. Are you trying to we, say that 9-11 wasn't a terrorist attack? No, no that's not what I meant. Um, we typically, a lot of us grew up as children of divorce, and our generation generally hopes to be a generation of greatness that will wrong many of the wrongs in the world today. So You mean, you mean right them, right? <laughs> yep, right them. Yep, yep, we're, yep, yep. We're going to f*** it up worse. <laughs> we'll show you. Well, I won't necessarily say the... Uh, I think you said something about the finances being, being impacted by our upbringing. I won't... I don't know if I necessarily have something about that, but we grew up way more sheltered than any other generation as our parents tried to protect us from the evils of the world, apparently. And that, when I get to Gen Y, I feel like that comes into play because then Gen Ys are the children of Gen Xers. Gotcha, yes. And so that correlation is clear. All right. Okay. And our generation is thought to be like one of the first generations with like, Kids with a bunch of schedules. We have a bunch of activities. Our parents put us in swimming. They put us in dance. Blah, 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 blah. Like, we have a lot of, like, doting parents and a lot of activities. And our attributes. 
Oh, we value achievement. We're avid consumers. We value diversity. Extreme fun. <laughs> We're highly tolerant. This ain't your daddy's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we are hotly competitive and we like personal attention. So we're ambitious, but we're not entirely focused. And, and we look to our workplace for direction and to help us achieve goals. I don't know about that. We're generally at ease in teams. Absolutely wrong. We're attached to our parents and our gadgets. I don't know why that's in the same sentence. My mom is a cell phone. <laughs> we are diversity focused. And we, mm, since we have not lived without computers, mm, actually, no, I haven't lived without computers. That's, that's correct. We're eager to spend money, and we're fiercely... See, this is, I feel like it's at odds. It says we're fiercely independent, which I would say we, that I disagree, because we're known for, like, being attached to our families. Yeah. And there, it does say that since a lot of us are children of divorce, we have a big focus on children and family, and kind of, like, giving our children a more stable environment than maybe right. we experience. Pete, do you feel like this is a good explanation of who you are uh only in certain parts yeah okay. but i didn't take notes okay <laughs> to tell you which parts okay so gen z like I here said, we go everybody this is where gen we're gonna learn z some new stuff 23 so these are the people that will soon be entering the workforce these are the people with with the with the memes i don't get these are the kids i teach the kids he teaches these are the people I resent because they seem hipper than me. <laughs> so anyway. This is a safe space, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> so Gen Z. Also, a bunch of people are trying to give them different names that aren't sticking because they're so f***ing dumb. Besides, uh, one of the names is post-millennial, fine. Someone tried to call them the i-generation, like iPhone, iTunes, i-generation. That's gross. Yeah. There seem to be more entrepreneurial, individualistic than millennials, but less focused and interesting, less likely to be educated. I don't know why that would be the case. Because it's expensive. I guess, but... I think, I think people are recognizing the economics of having a, a bachelor's degree. And I guess you're right because they're also, we, I also said that Gen Xers are said to not be doing as well financially as their parents. Mm -hmm. But yeah, millennials are said to be like probably one of the most educated generations. Gen Zers will be the first true digital natives because they haven't lived without computers. And they were born in computers. Yeah, they were born inside of them. Yep. And five, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> very important traits to them are one. Driven. Two. DIY. Three. FOMO. Mm, right. Four. If you don't know what that means, it's fear of missing out. Four. YOLO. Weakonomic, which which is a weird term that means believers in a shared economy. Five. And hyper-custom. Hyper-custom? <laughs> Meaning they want to write their own job descriptions. They want to make the world into what they want it to be. They want to make... The world work for them, not them work for the world. They want to live and work on their own terms. Okay. Who doesn't? So, we were said to be coddled by our baby boomer parents. And we, you know, are a little bit dependent on our parents. Gen Xers, who were the parents of Gen Zs, raised the Gen Zs to be tough. 
In contrast to millennials, whom baby boomer parents told they could be anyone and do anything. My mother definitely never told me that. Right, she yeah. exactly told me not everyone is extraordinary or something, and we're not. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Gen Zers have heard repeatedly that the world is actually made up of both winners and losers. I don't know that I agree with that. I definitely don't. <laughs> Gen Zers are startled by racism and sexism uh, and homophobia. I mean, okay. And then offended. So they're first startled that it even happens, then offended. And these kids are growing up in a zero-tolerance climate when it comes to discrimination and mistreatment. And they have a global mindset. And they spend at least three hours a day online, mostly via mobile. All of their banking habits are mobile. They have basically been born to a country not in any significant war and internet availability since they were a child. And they're just digital girl in a digital world. Each generation has been in the work. This is the last thing I'm giving. I just found this in the thing. Each generation has been in the workforce for different lengths of time. No shit. And right. accumulated varying degrees of wealth. What does that even mean? Okay. Ba no, not, not that. Baby boomers have an average net worth of $1,066,000 and a median net worth of $224,000. Send me a salary? What is net worth? Like uh, your house, your income, your savings, oh, okay. all the stuff, yeah. Gen Xer's average net worth is about... $23. $238,000, but the median is $59,000. Mm -hmm. Millennials have an average net worth around $76,000, but their median net worth is $11,000. And Gen Zers' average net worth is difficult to report since so much of the generation has no net worth or career, but some of them are millionaires because they eat on the internet. <laughs> so, now Pete, I'm sorry guys, they're maybe not as exciting as they want to be. I just thought it was interesting because I didn't know where the lines ended and began. It also just it's, seems odd to like, well, I guess it's part of what I'm going to talk about. Let's have Pete kick it up a notch. <laughs> that was a pity laugh. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I have okay. a lot of energy from Twitter. There came a thread, and it was only in my, like, hey, you see this is going on? That's what I call the uh, discovery tab. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was only there for a little bit of time. But basically, there's this guy out there, at Young and Joven, J-O-V-E-N, asked, can someone write an article on millennials killing the doorbell industry by texting here? Okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I thought it was funny as a tweet. Because that's a funny joke. But no, people had to actually report on this. <laughs> there was one time where I asked on Twitter, can somebody make a video of the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz singing I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor? I thought that was a really good request. Nobody did it. Another time, I asked that we make a sequel to the 80s movie The Burbs that was related to terrorism. But nobody did that either. Because you don't have enough clout. For some reason, this guy only has like 800 followers, oh, which is ten, 10 times more than I do, sure. But still, it's not, yeah, you know, weird. he's not a social media influencer. But uh, yeah, so his request to me is just as absurd as the Cowardly Lion singing I Will Survive. <laughs> 
people start talking about it and commenting on it that doorbells are quote aggressive <laughs> and that they're what alarming. What the hell, Pete? No. <laughs> they're alarming, no. even scary to some people. Doorbells Instantly. Fine. Instantly, this means that all millennials hate doorbells because that sounds much more polarizing and clickbaity than some people don't like doorbells. (laughs) Also, the instance that everyone describes is when someone is coming to pick up a friend and they text from the car so that the person will come out. I've done this with you, Marissa. This is not a substitute for a doorbell, but a substitute for parking the car, getting out, walking to your door, ringing a bell, and waiting for you to answer. Yeah. Yet it paints a different picture of people texting here while they're standing on the other side of the door. <laughs> like this, this hypothesis is like, I'm on the other side of the door, and then you open the door, and there's no, side, there, like, there's no noise in your house. If you're a person that does that, I think that you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, I've never known. The only people that do that, it's their car gets there, and they do it. Yeah. And they want to make sure that, like, you know, we can get a move on it, or just the... Just, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, no, no, that's psychotic. Yeah, psychotic. I'm upset. Right now. Other people say that it's about the pets. Doorbells alarm the cats and dogs, but a text noise means very little to a dog, at least a dog without a cell phone, because it probably means that it happens more often and it doesn't usually signal that a person is showing up most of the time. Twitter users lampoon delivery persons because they are so ridiculously thoughtless as to ring the doorbell when they arrive. (laughs) So, to update the thesis, doorbells alarm some people and animals. And then, to make a fast edit to that, sudden unexpected sounds alarm some people and animals. That's really what's at the heart of it. Okay. One of those skittish people wrote a story for Mashable in which she lists the three reasons for her opinion that doorbells suck. Firstly, sorry, this is a quote, not my words. Quote, firstly, I worry that by pressing the doorbell, I might be pinging. (laughs) That was it. I was like, you suck, lady. You just said pinging. (laughs) (laughs) That I might be pinging the wrong property, alerting a complete stranger to my presence. So what? resulting in a hideously awkward interaction that could have been avoided by you not being an idiot. But also, again, so what? Secondly, who's to even say that this doorbell even works? I could just be standing here like an idiot forever, waiting on a friend who has no idea that I'm here. And thirdly, when my phone's already in my hand, and I'd rather avoid the other two scenarios, isn't it just easier to text my friend? It's certainly less panic-inducing. And that last line is what made a lot of people roll their eyes. Because most normal people are not constantly ringing doorbells on strangers' (laughs) houses. It's a situation where it's like, oh, Pete, come on by at around 5. And then maybe at 4.50, I ring the doorbell to let you know that I'm here. It's not like ding dong, like, you know, hello, is anybody in there? Like, that's not the way that you, that's a different problem. <laughs> but also, like, I hear people talking about millennial stuff a lot that, like, they're anxious about everything. I'm surprised that didn't come up in what I read. Yeah. But they, they, actually, I feel like I will say this. I feel like millennials in general, I'd like to point out that this is a text because millennials are said to be afraid of phone calls. Right. Yeah, but continue. I'm sorry. A lot of people call phone calls aggressive as well. Good. You're Some people crazy. said, ringing the doorbell, what, you may as well be calling me. Okay, first of all, shut up. Granted, I will say this. To doorbells are, me. this is what it was. Doorbells are like phone calls. They only come from my grandma. <laughs> 
I don't like making phone calls. I will say that 100%. Me They're not aggressive. <laughs> I just am socially retarded, and now that I have an out, I will never let it go. Yes. So normally, I, when yeah. regular people use the doorbell, they are alerting people who are expecting them that they have arrived. Some people are like, what about door-to-door salespeople? And that's a great point. Except, wait, no, they don't exist. <laughs> Some people are like... Nobody said that. (laughs) Some people are like, well, you know, what if it's a utility worker who comes around to murder me and I ring the doorbell and I open the door and then they kill me? Probably won't happen, but if you're paranoid, I mean, I get that. You get to look through a peephole, though, or a window, so you don't have to be that scared. Yeah. Now, the Mashable piece brings up one thing. I mean, I don't have a peephole, but sure. Yeah, but you have a security door. Like, you have to go downstairs. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at your house, you have a window, right? Hey, you know what? I've never had a doorbell in my life. <laughs> I... Am I any less of a man for that? A little bit. But Don't tell okay. me. <laughs> it's okay. Now, the Mashable piece brings up one thing that makes sense in conditioning young people to not like the doorbell. A 23-year-old says, quote, When I was younger, my parents told me not to answer the door in case it's a stranger and they try to kidnap me. Dramatic, I know. Since then, I've always had a sense that something bad is going to happen when the doorbell rings. Now, this illustrates a much larger issue than doorbells. This means that parents raise children to be constantly in fear of others, which, if applied to the millennial label, explains a lot of these seemingly antisocial behaviors of young people, like Marissa was just talking about. I mean, being afraid of phone calls and that sort of stuff. I do think my mother raised me to be afraid of letting any of ever opening the door to someone that you don't 100% recognize. Yes. But I also am a woman. But you still will go up to the door and look out. You don't hear the ding-dong and hide under your bed immediately. <laughs> no. No, that is true. So here's an interesting development in this particular story. This has happened in the week of, the, I don't know, the first full week of June in 2019. But it is not the first time <laughs> that this subject has been written about. In 2017... A few articles surfaced where real estate advisors suggested that people remove the doorbells on the homes they're trying to sell to attract younger buyers. No, no, they're not a f- no. Shut In a the piece, it says, <laughs> "Quote: When the doorbell rings without warning, it's probably a stranger. For millennials, a sound of an unexpected doorbell can induce a fast panic. No. The change may no. come from a- no." The change may come from horror movies and crime shows that portray answering the doorbell as a life-threatening decision. Or a real fear... I am actively angry right now. Or a real fear that has developed as a result of countless news stories. It's a fake fear. It is a fake one. Countless news stories in big cities. And then they link to a story about... You might vaguely remember this one. Basically, if I'm not mistaken someone of color knocked on a guy's door and the guy said, get off my porch and shot him through the door. Of course he did, because uh, <laughs> that's what happens to people of color. Right. To continue, their distaste for doorbells might also stem from the sheer annoyance of sound door of the sound doorbells make, which is funny because we all have a notification sound on our phone that sounds like a doorbell. <laughs> doorbells can in- interrupt phone calls, TV shows, and agitate pets. This particular so article. So what? Train your pet, you monster. 
This particular article says, instead of the traditional uh, doorbell, it advises sellers install more advanced versions like doorbell cameras. In this way, millennials don't kill the doorbell, but you might say that they improved and somewhat repurposed the doorbell into something more useful. Some modern doorbells will chime on your phone through an app, like a text notification, instead of through the entire house. This is kind of cool. And if you're not home, you know someone's at your house. You slap a camera on your doorbell like that, and now, from your office, you can see that your uncle is visiting on a surprise visit to your home. You can give him a call and say, hey, I see you're standing on my porch. Why don't you go to the coffee place down the street until I'm off work? Cool. Yes. I will also say, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was Cracked Podcast, which is very well-researched, and someone was saying... Not, of course, not every camera doorbell, but there's one security system that's pretty famous. That's like a whole security doorbell camera thing. And it's not official, and I guess it's like in its beta phase, but like it like flags people who I think come in really late or come in with a whole bunch of people as like threat and like logs that. And that there was talk that maybe they could then sell that information to yes. like law authorities and things like that. So that's a reason to fear security doorbells. To extrapolate on Marissa's point, uh, I believe what the situation is, is it's like, um, so you move into a new neighbor town. Let's call it Phillipsville. A and, new uh, neighbor town? Neighbor town. <laughs> Neighborhood slash town. A new neighborville. I was too busy trying to think of Phillipsville. <laughs> a neighbor city. So you get this house and you get one of these smart doorbells, right? And basically what they're doing is, yeah, they're doing what Marissa said and they're creating a report of the activity in that area. And then what they do is they target the people in that area through Facebook ads and online ads to induce more paranoia and fear in that area so that more people will buy the doorbells, which then bumps up their data even more so that they can tell even more people about it. And it's like a vicious circle of that sounds horrible. people being terrified and staying in, in the indoors. Quite honestly, I don't have a problem with being terrified and staying indoors. It's what I do now. But uh, it's for different It's for different reasons. It's not because I think somebody's coming after me. Okay. Also in 2017, the Wall Street Journal ran with the story where they explained that service providers like UPS and Grubhub allow options for text or email notifications when a delivery is made rather than a doorbell ring. So, to Marissa's point, we both live in, an apart- in apartments, not the same apartment in two opposite sides of the state. (laughs) Now, I'll admit, when my apartment doorbell rings, I'm surprised. And what I say when I say my apartment doorbell is I mean the buzzer at, you know, at the main door. Very few people visit me unannounced. And when they do, like I said, they're not unannounced. They let me know that they're coming. I will say that when I hear a knock at my door, I do get scared because a knock means that someone got through the security doors (laughs) and is knocking on my specific door. And that's somewhat alarming to me. Oh, a knock on the door is horrifying. Right. I can take a f***ing ring anytime because it's like, why the f*** would you knock? I have a a knock is aggressive. Doorbell. Yeah, it's a louder a noise, that sort of thing. Still, every single time this happens, it's either the male person or a neighbor who lost something off of their balcony. And apparently I'm the pushover guy who lives in the building who will but let you go But don't you know we're millennials bed. raised to think you're going to kill us? Also, I have a peephole, so I look through the peephole, my panic subsides, and that's it. Really spend less than a minute freaking out about my door being knocked upon, wrapped upon. (laughs) 
So I think there's something to be said about panic and fear from this. How does one overcome anxiety and fears? Everyone tells me, essentially, exposure therapy is best. So maybe if the doorbell rang more often, it wouldn't be so scary for people. And maybe people should try to get over the anxiety. Immersion therapy. The anxiety of interacting with strangers. I know that I personally have this problem interacting with strangers. But in a world where we can sort of choose who we follow and who we ignore, it's probably worth it to learn that, you know, it's kind of mean to do that to actual human beings in real life. In other words, immerse yourself in a world of doorbells. Yeah, just go, just surround yourself with strangers and doorbells. <laughs> Separately, though. Do you have any questions? Uh, no, that made me real angry. Good, I'm glad I could help ruin your week. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't say it ruined my week. I'm not a twat. But to your point, I did want to jump into a plug. Plugs. Researching my topic made me remember the new doorbell sketch from SNL where Jenny mm. Slater <laughs> and various doorbell notifications for various lifestyles and occupations. At Doorbells and More, we got all different kinds of doorbells. Happy doorbells? Ding dong. Come inside my house. Hello. Funny doorbell? Knock knock. Who's there? Doorbell. Ding dong. International doorbell. Bonjour. Ooh Ding dong. I can even do fancy doorbell. Hello. Wine and cheese. Ding dong. And then what I didn't know is that they went on to do uh, car horns and alarm clocks. <laughs> mm, I think I might have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so they kept the character alive for two other versions. Also, while I'm talking about Jenny Slate, Marissa, I don't know if you heard this, but I thought it was funny and hilarious. From Entertainment Weekly, Jenny Slate will be giving the commencement speech at Cuddy Hunk Elementary School, a one-room schoolhouse on Cuddy Hunk Island off the coast of Massachusetts. Slate will offer words of wisdom to a single student graduating from the school this June, named Gwen Lynch. <laughs> what? What is this even? Why? Probably because it's goofy and she's a goofy lady. But also she has, if you are like following her on Instagram. Apparently she has a boyfriend who lives out there and she's been spending a lot of time out in Massachusetts. Oh, that's why. On coastal Massachusetts. Do you so, keep yeah. saying Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Do you keep saying Massachusetts? Hey, why don't you close your drawers and shut up? Holy shit. <laughs> well, why don't you say it? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. There's not a... It's not... Massachusetts. That's... Mass... I'm sorry. That's a little bit a little bit gross. Why don't you close the drawers on your bureau? I, I'm not ashamed I say drawers. Do you have a plug? Um, Sounds like a no. <laughs> uh, say one and I'll know one by the time you're done. I just did mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm really tired. Uh, no. <laughs> Marissa, you seen any good movies or anything? Detective Pikachu. Uh, Marissa, you hear any cool songs lately? Uh, uh, BTS is in the midst of Festa, and I'm feeling... Marissa, uh, this is coming out in a couple of weeks. Do you know anything coming up that you're doing that's going to be... Excuse me, I was talking about BTS, you bitch. Yeah, I know. Fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, oh, 
I might participate in a 5K run in a cemetery. Yeah, that was crazy to see. I know. I was like, I sent it to my friend, and I was like, 5K run in a cemetery. And they were like, do you want to go? And I was like, no, I'm just showing you, and I'll go and watch you. And then I read it, and then I read costumes were encouraged, and there's costume prizes and a party after you finish the race. Also, I'm a moron, and I thought a 5K was five miles. And then I learned it's only three. So, a little more than three. A little more than three. You going to start so, training? Uh, yeah. When is it? In, uh, October. Good, good. So I'm plugging that. Everybody. Let's hope climate change doesn't kick your ass. <laughs> Sometimes when people commit to those fall ones, and it's like, well, it's still 87 degrees outside. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'd rather that than it be freezing. That's good, Can Marissa. Can you imagine? I hope, I hope that you take us on your fitness journey. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to the gym this week. Can you imagine though, like in the fall, running through a cemetery, just with, with golden leaves falling around you. I know the and crunch of dried leaves under your feet, you, and you feel the whispers of Halloween. And raccoons your, cheering you on. The the voice of Robert Smith is ringing through your ears. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so ghosts like like standing in your way, and you just run through them. Yeah, just they embrace you in their effervescent embrace. People throwing ecto cooler at you instead of water. Yeah, like that. That was kind of close. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you would like to participate in the show, give us some information about what generation you belong to and what generation maybe you think you should belong to. Give us a call at five seven zero pod wad one. That's five seven zero p o d. W-A-D-1. Like that band, P-O-D. Bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.